Shalom, I'm Dr. Yana Sanders, and I'm inviting you to walk with me on a life-changing journey as we return to the original language and culture of the Word of God together. TheFoundationNest.com is offering a program with you in mind for those who are hungry and thirsty for the Lord. This program is called Hakan Ivri. It's found at www.thefoundationnest.com. You can click on the name Hakan Ivri and walk with us. In this exciting program, you will learn about ancient rabbinical literature that is found in the Word of God. Also, when the Lord spoke many of the teachings that He shared that are recorded in the Gospels, He referenced some of these ancient writings. You'll also understand the history behind many of the sayings that Yeshua spoke the Hebraic idioms in Scripture. We have many topics that we'll be covering, but the reports have been incredible from the people who have already been walking this path, that their eyes have been opened to a brand new way of engaging with the Lord, of seeing Him truly in His true setting, with His language, with His culture, and engaging with the Lord in such a way has brought new depth and meaning to their lives. I would love to walk this path with you. If you'll go to this website, www.thefoundationnest.com. Now that's all one word, thefoundationnest.com. Click on the tab, Hakan Ivri, and let's walk together and discover the ancient paths, again, that are unfolding in this day and this era to draw all of us into a deeper union with the person of the Lord. I look forward to seeing you there. Shalom and shalom. Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. This is Grant and Samantha Mahoney, and we're going to talk about marriage. Marriage, wow, yeah. Marriage. <laughs> <laughs> We've been married for 25 years now in 2020. This was our 25th anniversary. And um, people always say to us, you guys work so well together. You're such an awesome team. You know, what are your secrets? Yeah, well, it's never. it hasn't always been like that. <laughs> it's taken a lot of hard work to get to where we are right now. Um, but what we have now is genuine and real, but it hasn't always been like that. Yeah, to be honest with you, our first 10 years were not pleasant at all. There was a time, I mean, we discussed divorce many times. So if you're out there and you're feeling like you're going through this, you're not alone, actually. The stats show that most married couples go through this kind of dilemma and these problems that we talk about here today. It's very, very few that have a conflict-free and a total solid um, marriage. In fact, I only know one couple that has that. that I know one. Met. Yeah, for sure. And everyone else we've ever met, everyone has trouble in their marriage. But what I want to say is nothing, there's nothing that you can't overcome. And I just want to talk about that for a quick moment here. Yeah. So one day Yahweh showed me something and he said, there's a big difference between being delivered and overcoming. And 
And it is, it's so true because the word says the crowns are only given to those who overcome. And often as Christians, what we want to do is we want to be delivered. But Yahweh actually wants you to overcome. So he puts stuff in front of you and then we go and we pray, oh Lord, please deliver me from this. And he's going, no, I want you to overcome because when you overcome, you actually have a testimony and then you have, you get a crown. Whereas a delivered person, the only testimony he has is the testimony of God's goodness, but he has nothing to share with the person that's suffering the same thing. And so that's why it's so important to overcome. And I believe that when, you, when you're in a situation and instead of saying, Lord, deliver me, say, Lord, teach me to overcome, mm. then you will see something so different in your life. The power that will come after when you've overcome will be amazing because we have to overcome so we can help anyone in any trouble. That's the reason. Share the example that you often share about an alcoholic. So I, I was an alcoholic. When I was in the Navy, I used to drink like crazy. And... Um, I was delivered. Uh, the day I got born again, I actually got, I, I, I went to church my whole life with my parents, part of the Anglican church, but I never knew Jesus. I knew about him. I never had a relationship with him. But when I was in the Navy, I actually got born again. And I won't go into that old story. But when I got born again, the instant I got born again, I was delivered from alcohol and I had no desire for it whatsoever. It just left me. But if an alcoholic came to talk to me and said, Grant, I'm really struggling. You know, every time I walk past a bar and I smell the beer, I just want to go in there. I get the sweats, the shivers, whatever, whatever. And I'm really struggling. I can't identify with him because I was delivered. I didn't have to overcome. And that, that's Yahweh. That, that, that's the story. He, he taught me that. He said, Grant, you were delivered from alcohol. You can't go and share with an alcoholic because you don't know what they're going through. You don't have a testimony in, in that. All I, have, all I have is a testimony. Yahweh, you are so good. Mm. Thank you for delivering me. And then I can say to people, God can deliver you. But then there's been other things in my life, like, for instance, um, rejection. rejection. I suffered big time with rejection. And I asked God many times to deliver me, and he never did until I one day understood, okay, I have to overcome this. And I overcame rejection, what was about 15, no, maybe 18 years yeah. ago. And my life has been so different. But now I can talk to anyone that's having rejection because I've gone through it. And I have a crown in it and I have a testimony in it. I know everything that rejection is going to throw at you, all the feelings you're going to have, all the emotions. And I can walk you through that. That's why it's so important to want to overcome and not to be delivered. Yeah, so all that to say this. If you are having marriage issues, yes, it's possible that God can deliver you from them, but it's very probable that he won't. He wants you to start to work through some stuff. And why? Because if he's given you dominion over all the works of his hands, you have to know how to take dominion over it. If he just gave you and spoon fed you everything that you want to know, you know, where, where's the testimony in that? Where's the uh, dominion and the power in that? There's nothing in it. So, you know, but it's necessary for you to take the steps that you have to to get help for yourselves. Absolutely. That point came for us um, probably just after our 10th year of marriage. Maybe it was in our 11th year. And I came to Grant and I said to him, you know what? I am done. I can't go on like this anymore. I want a divorce. And his answer to me, which absolutely floored me, took the wind out of my sails, was I will do anything that I have to do for us to save this marriage. You see, in my mind, I mean, I, I loved Sam irrespective of all the stuff we were going through. But I also had issues and I realized that I'd made a covenant before God and I did not want to get a divorce. And so 
there was stuff in me that I had to change. I had to sort of take responsibility and say, okay, whatever this is going to take, if I have to be vulnerable to somebody, because now you need, if you, you don't know me, I'm not a vulnerable person. I keep everything close to me. It's how I've always been. I'm an only child. As I said in another podcast, I never really had a father that told me he loved me or anything like that. So I kept everything inside. And that's what was destroying our marriage was that I wasn't sharing. There were other things as well, but there were many things, in fact. But a lot of it rested on my shoulders. And so I made that decision. I said to Sam, I will do anything. And I meant it because the next thing was, okay, well, let's go for counseling. And we had been for counseling before. And I'll be honest, it did help. But it seemed that it was only a short-term band-aid for what we were going through. It doesn't. It didn't actually get to the root of the matter. And that's the thing. When you see fruit on a tree, for instance, and you go cut it off. Yes, it looks like the tree is nice and clean. It's got no ugly fruit on it. But in another season, it's coming back and it's coming back multiplied because you haven't actually pulled out the root of that tree. So if we were going to change anything in our marriage, we had to get to the root of our problems. So I remember, I think it was our pastor. I can't remember who, but they suggested go and see this lady. She does counseling. So we went, we went to our first appointment and this little 70 or 80 year old lady comes into the room and I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to be so old school. She's not going to know how to help us. I see this as a waste of our time. And the first thing that she said to us is, what can I help you with? There was only one issue that I really wanted to get sorted out. And that was the intimacy between us. And she said, well, let me ask you, how do you deal with finances together? And I said, well, that sucks. We don't agree on anything to do with finances, but that's not what we've come to see you for. If we can get this intimacy issue fixed up, then that'll sort out all our problems. And she said, okay, so tell me about your children. Do you agree on how you raise them? And we looked at each other and said, actually, that's the only thing we agree on. And she said, and what about communication? How's that between you? And we said, well, that's pretty much non-existent because as Grant just said, he bottles up everything and keeps it to himself. Uh, So there was no communication. And then she said, well, um, you know, what about love languages? You know, and we go, what the heck are you talking about? And she said, pretty much, she said, if all of these other things are broken, that's going to add to your intimacy problems. You need to get all those sorted out first, and then you can look at everything that's supposed to come from that. Yeah, so we thought we had one problem, and it came out to be many problems. But when you work on the many, it fixes the one. Yeah, that's right. And so we, at first, like the first few meetings were really tough. But then, and then I remember the one meeting, we had a shouting match in the car before we went in. And and everything got worse before it got better. But I had to make a choice to make a change. You know, everything in life is a choice. Your whole life is a journey of T-junctions with with choices to make. Go left or go right. And I made a choice. I'm saving this marriage and I'll do whatever it takes. Whatever that looks like for me. And it's been a long journey. It didn't happen overnight. It's been stuff I've had to work through for years and years. And I think I've still got work to do. But... The fruit is in our marriage now. We are mm. closer than we've ever been. We are working together well. We talk. We function. I've become way more open. All this kind of stuff. And so there's so much to do. And then, like Sam was talking about love languages. Like, my love language is to buy things. That, that's my lung, lung language. Love language <laughs> is giving gifts. And Sam's love language is affection. Like, a hug to her is better than buying her a diamond ring. If Don't you know even buy saying. me a car. Just give me a blinking hug. 
And for me, I like to give gifts and I like to receive gifts, but actually give is more for me. And so we had to honor and respect one another's love languages. So Sam will come and ask me for hugs 48 times a day and I just give it with a smile now. <laughs> I used to not like it, you know what I'm saying? But I, I, know, I know I'm being jovial, but it's the truth. So we've had to work through all this stuff. Yeah, one of the things on this particular topic was um, the, the counselor said to us, why don't the two of you just get in the car and go to a shopping center and just walk around the shopping center? I said, forget that. She goes, why? I said, because we'll walk in the shopping center and Grant will walk 20 steps ahead of me and I'm lagging at the back with the two boys. There's no window shopping. You just walk from one side of the shopping center to the other. We don't talk about anything. We don't look in any shops. We don't buy anything. And then we get in the car and go home. I said, that just makes me more angry than anything else. Now, understand, I do not like shopping. But sometimes I want to have a squiz, you know, in the window. And so she said, your husband doesn't walk with you. I went, no, he walks ahead of me, way ahead of me. It's like it's a race or something. So that was something, <laughs> it's a true story, you know it. So that was something that he's actively had to rein himself in on. And he made a conscious effort, walk next to me, hold my hand. These are not his languages, but he's got to learn to speak mine because if he buys me something, because it's his love language, I go, why are you spending money? You know, why? Is, I'll draw, why? And he goes, to show you I love you. And I go, but I don't want the stuff. I just want to hold your hand. I just want to hug you. That's that's what I want. So we worked on that. Like I too, like Sam says, learn to walk next to her, hold her hand. And I had to make a conscious choice to do that. Another issue was the finances. Yeah. So we had, we still have a joint account. But we would spend out of that account. So Sam would go and spend 600 bucks on her hair. And I'd go, what the heck? What are you doing? <laughs> that type of thing. Just, I mean, that, that's, an ex well, it's a bit of an exaggeration, not too much. Because you know how much woman's hair costs? Crazy, man. And so what this lady suggested, no, no, it was actually a friend of ours, Ian. Ian Clayton suggested, why don't you both have a separate savings account that's your money? And every month you put a certain amount into it and that you can spend on whatever you want and there's no questions asked. And we implemented that and it's been amazing. It it's has been, been awesome because now if I want to go and buy a new computer, I can go and buy a new computer without saying, without Sam saying, but that's your ninth computer. What do you need it for? It's a true story. <laughs> and if Sam wants to do whatever she wants to do with her money, she can do that as well. Yeah. And then we still have our joint account, which we pay all the, like our mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, there's, there were a lot of changes we had to make. And all of this is really down to because we wanted to start functioning as governmental that's beings in marriage. Key. Yes. Because as a married couple, you are a governmental organism as husband and wife. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when the word talks about two or more gathered, you know, in, in their breath, that's actually the Hebrew translation. When they agree, which means their breath coming together, then the two here on earth agree with the government that is in heaven and then it's done on earth as it is in heaven. A husband and a wife can shift so much in the natural and the spiritual realms. But if, you know, the word talks about a house divided against itself will fall. If there's not that unity among you, you're going to shift nothing. Yeah. And I mean, it's even there's another scripture that says something like when a husband is in disarray with his wife, then his prayers are hindered. Mm, that's true. You know, and so I believe that that scripture says we're two or more gathered is actually talking about a husband and a wife. And yes, it does talk about 
friend intercessors and people coming together and praying, but mainly a husband and wife because there's government in marriage. And so Sam and I, once we worked through our junk and began to walk this path, we have got closer and closer together. Our intimacy mm. is at levels it's never been before. Yeah. And what we've been able to shift together when we come together and we pray, we are seeing fruit. Like we'll come together and legislate over something, just the two of us, just her and me, and we'll see a shift in that thing within two or three days. We'll see stuff happen. And that's even national things, you know, in the globe, in the earth. I remember talking about communication because we only have a few seconds left, but one of the exercises that she made us do because our communication styles are so different. I want to share everything and every detail of every minute of my day and Grant will give me a one-word answer to describe his whole life kind of thing. So one of the awesome. exercises... Yeah, awesome. <laughs> day was awesome. So one of the exercises that she had us do was hold each other's hands, look into each other's eyes and say full sentences. Well, that was good for me and it was very hard for Grant. But that was one of the things. So just an encouragement to our closing statements. You know, marriage is not easy. No one ever said it would be. But there is light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Um, if you are just willing to make the choices and put um, in the effort that you have to to be God's government on the earth. Yeah, and just a last encouraging word for me is just overcome in what you're going through. So make sure that you that you just look at it and say, look, if I can overcome this, I'm going to get a crown and our marriage is going to be so much more powerful. Mm. And so we hope this blesses you. And we bless your marriages for those of you that are listening that are married. Absolutely. Bless See you, you next guys. time. Bye.